Oh. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
J.M. in the A.M. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, and of course on the NSN app, we can comment on anything going on during this show. It's a three-weeks format Wednesday, and I thank you for joining us as we slow down the music and get to some acapella selections here during the three weeks. 
at JM in the AM. That'll go until, let's see, our three weeks format will go until uh, Tishabov, which is going to be on the 14th of August. And uh, the next day on the 15th, we'll get back to a regular format here at JM in the AM. That's how it's going to work. Um, well, we've got an official, uh, we've got an official race, an official contest. It is in fact now official that the two largest political parties in the United States of America each have their representative chosen for the November election. And uh, for those of you who have not been following, those two candidates of the two major parties are uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. So it's Trump and Hillary, along with their running mates, and along with, uh, millions of people in the country who will be, um, the focus of the next uh, few months as we get close to the beginning of November and uh, election 2016. Should be very interesting. Oh, in fact, we'll speak with Jacob Cornblue. He told me last night that he'll be more than happy to join us this morning. He's been at the uh, uh, Cleveland Republican Convention. Now he's at the um, uh, Philadelphia Democrat Convention. So I'll have a chance to speak with him coming up, get his impressions of this interesting world of ours. Uh, so that'll happen about 7.30 this morning. And uh, plenty more, of course, here on a, um, a Wednesday, three weeks format Wednesday here at JM and the AM. 76 degrees outside with the 65% humidity, winds in northeast at 5 miles an hour. Partly cloudy today with a high temperature of 91.1. Then tonight, mostly clear, low 75. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high 88 degrees. Yerushalayim right now at 85. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Missoura are at 58 degrees. But fret not, campers and counselors up there. You're going up to 86 later on. <laughs> We're at 76 here in Jersey City um, here at uh, on a Wednesday morning uh, broadcast at JM in the AM. Uh, you heard 613. was done by Yossi Rosenberg and company. And the Regesh with Modani opened uh, things up as is our tradition here at JM in the AM. And of course we say good morning. 26 minutes before 7 o'clock. If you want to comment on the app? Uh, like our friend Dafyomi Yid has done already this morning. We welcome that. Dafyomi Yid says that he is riding, and that means on his uh, bicycle or cycle, uh, riding and listening all day long again, appreciating the stream of appropriate music and content. And I thank you for that. And to everybody listening around the world on the NSN app or through any other method, we thank you. There are so many people who are tuned in as they vacation and as they uh, drive and as they fly, and as they uh, spend time in hotels around the globe, uh, constantly people tuning into us via all the different methods, and that is much appreciated. Uh, check out the um, Nahum Single Network Facebook update page. It's got a whole bunch of material in the last few posts, including some of the great photos uh, that were taken during our journey to Israel. So check out the Nahum Single Network Facebook update. If you have not yet liked the Nahum Single Network Facebook update page, you're going to make sure to do so. And if you go there now, by the way, um, well, I, I recommend you do this a little later because I want you listening, of course, to JM in the AM. But if you would go there now, you would see the uh, link to our interview on uh, Sunday, which we aired on Monday with Racheli Frankel, uh, which I thought was another uh, a great interview filled with unbelievable messages uh, for everybody. So that happened earlier in the week. And again, if you go to the uh, Nahum Single Network Facebook update page, you can check that out. And um, and hear and see that interview. Uh, actually see the pictures from the interview and hear the interview 
uh, sometime today. JM in the AM, 24 minutes before 7 o'clock. I thank you for tuning in to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and again on the NSN app.
done by the Maccabees here on a JM in the AM Wednesday three weeks format. Thanks for joining us. Before that, Leif Tahar off volume three with their cast and the selection entitled Shema Kolenu. You heard Leif Tahar before that with Didabe and Rachem. From Encore volume two, Leif Tahar had, excuse me, 613 had the song Leif Tahar. 
here at JM and the AM. 76 degrees, partly cloudy, high temperature of 91.1. Then tonight, mostly clear, low of 75. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 88 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 85. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Missoura at 58 degrees, heading up to 86. I'm told, by the way, that the uh, boys' campus won Zimriah this summer. Congratulations to them. That's the uh, rumor we heard from Missoura News. <laughs> um, so they're going to be uh, at, at a high in the mid-80s later today up in uh, Guilford, New York. Wednesday morning broadcast, JM and the AM. Jacob Cornblue at the bottom of the hour. He's going to be joining us uh, from the Philadelphia Democratic Convention. Get his impressions of what's going on there after an exciting night number two down in Philly. Should be interesting. Bike for High is next week. It is something we take great pride in that we are associated with the amazing efforts of a bike for Chai. And we don't even have to, uh, we don't have to ride. We get to broadcast from there. Yeah. Uh, we get the opportunity to just, uh, report on what's going on. And, uh, we're considered participants. <laughs> the world's greatest finish line happens Thursday, August 4th. We'll be up there. At Camp Simcha when it happens. It all kicks off for us Wednesday morning, a week from this morning, up in Connecticut at the starting line for Bike for Chai. They've raised $5.2 million at this point. If you haven't yet uh, contributed or checked out the different teams and riders that you could sponsor, go to bikeforchai.com, bike, the number four, chai.com. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jamnan.org, and, of course, on the NSN app. Golly, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. And... Uh, after our news from Israel, back to our three-weeks format. Jacob Kornblue at the bottom of the hour from the Philadelphia Democratic Convention. And a whole lot more. Reminder, the return of the weekly update, which we didn't have last Friday because we were celebrating Yom NCSY. Uh, weekly update with Malcolm Holmline this coming Friday, 7.40 Eastern Time. We'll have a chance to analyze both conventions and talk about the... Uh, News of the last couple of weeks, so make sure you're tuned in this coming Friday morning around the world on the web at jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app for the weekly update. Kali Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for Wednesday is next. We say Boker Tov from JMNAM. בנק ישראל מזיר שירידה חדה במחירי הדירות עלולה לסכן את יציבות המשק, כתבנו תומר ורון. על פי הדוח, מחירי הדירות עלו בשנה האחרונה בכמעט 8% בעוד השכר לא עלה בשיעור דומה. עוד מציינים בבנק ישראל כי החשיפה של המערכת הבנקאית לשוק הדיור מהווה את הסיכון העיקרי והמשמעותי ביותר עבור הבנקים, שממשיכים להיות חשופים מאוד למשכנתאות ולענף הבינוי. בבנק מציינים כי זעזוע יוביל לעליית הריבית או לעלייה באבטלה. עלו לפגוע 
שלושה ישראלים נוספים שחצו את הגדר בשנתיים האחרונות לעזה. במצב עניינים כזה, סביר שהקבינט יימנע מלהכריע בנושא. המשטרה עצרה שני אנשי וואקס שתקפו מבקרים יהודים בהר הבית, מדווח כתבנו אריאל זיגלר. אנשי הוואקס פנו אל קבוצת ארכיאולוגים יהודים שביקרו במקום ודרשו מהם לצאת ממתחם הר הבית. לאחר שהקבוצה סירבה לעזוב, אחד מחבריה הותקף באלימות. לטענת המבקרים, טלפון נייד של אחד מהם אף נלקח על ידי אנשי הוואקס, שמחקו ממנו צילומים שתעדו את התקיפה. שני התוקפים נעצרו ועברו לחקירה במשטרת מרחב דוד. המשטרה הגישה לפני זמן קצר הצהרת תובע נגד הרב אליעזר ברלנד בגין מעשים מגונים בארבע מתלוננות ואיום ותקיפה בנסיבות מחמירות. כתבנו אורי איגרא מוסר שכתב האישום נגדו צפוי להיות מוגש בתוך חמישה ימים. בניסיון ההפיכה הכושל בטורקיה השתתפו 8,651 חיילים המהווים אחוז וחצי בלבד מכלל הכוחות. על פי הודעת הצבא הטורקי המורדים השתמשו ב-35 מטוסי קרב, 37 מסוקים, 74 טנקים ושלוש ספינות. רוסיה מכחישה שוב את הטענות בארצות הברית שלפיהן היא עומדת מאחורי הפריצה לחשבונות המייל של המפלגה הדמוקרטית. כתבתנו קרן בן מרדכי. מוסקבה מתאמצת למנוע כל התערבות ישירה או עקיפה בתהליך הבחירות לנשיאות בארצות הברית, כך אמר דובר הקרמלין דמיטרי פסקוב והוסיף, אנו רואים שהקלף הרוסי נמצא על השולחנות של הפוליטיקאים בוושינגטון, וכלעיתים קרובות הם משתמשים בו במשחק שלהם. דבריו של פסקוב מגיעים על רקע אמירתו של הנשיא אובמה הלילה, לפיה קיימת אפשרות שרוסיה תנסה להשפיע על הבחירות לנשיאות בארצות הברית. זינוק של 75% במספר הטובעים למוות בחופים ובבריכות ברחבי הארץ. בבדיקה שנערכה בתוכניתו של רינו צרור, עולה כי בקיץ הזה מתו בתביעה 37 מתרחצים, לעומת 20 בלבד בתקופה המקבילה אשתקד. יושב ראש ארגון המצילים, אבי עפיה, טען בתוכנית שהפערים נובעים מכך שהשנה הים סוער יותר, והאזרחים נכנסים למים גם מחוץ לשעות הרחצה. צריכים לשאול את אותם משרדי ממשלה שלא נותנים את דעתם לשעות אחר הצהריים ואז אנשים באים, מפחדים מהשמש היוקדת אז הם מגיעים בשעה חמש או שש בערב המצילים בשבע היום סוגרים את שירותי ההצלה ואז אנחנו עדים לתופעה יש לנו גאות יותר חזקה והים יותר סוער בהרבה מתקופות אחרות חדשות ספורט עכשיו, דרמה במכבי חיפה המאמן רוני לוי מסיים את תפקידו כתבנו אורי איגרא בשיחה שהתקיימה אתמול בין הבעלים יעקב שחר למאמן, הוחלט שלוי לא המשיך בעונה הקרובה במועדון הירוק. לוי שזכה בגביע עם הקבוצה בעונה האחרונה אמר, מודה על התקופה ומאחל הצלחה בהמשך הדרך. מזג האוויר גם מחר נאה עם ירידה קלה נוספת בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר.
It's a selection from A.K.A. Pella. The Maccabees before that in one day. Wednesday was 76 degrees, partly cloudy, a high of 91.1. <laughs> we'll dedicate that uh, high temperature to Dafiomi Yid. 14 minutes after 7 o'clock, JMDM three weeks format. Uh, speak to Jacob Kornblue, who's at the Philadelphia Democratic Convention, coming up about 15 minutes from now. Jewish philanthropist Marcos Katz has passed away. At the uh, age of 89, funeral scheduled for uh, tomorrow in Haram Nuchot in Yerushalayim. He was a Holocaust survivor, renowned for his contribution to promoting reconciliation between halacha and modern life. He established the Marcos Katz Award, given annually to outstanding contributors in the area. Among those who've received it, Rav Zalman Nechemia Goldberg, uh, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, Rabbi Yoshua Yeshaya Newworth. Uh, Rav Herschel Schechter. Um, Katz first arrived in Israel at age 14, escaping from Nazi Germany. His father joined him several months after, and they were joined by his mother as well two years after that. In 1947, he and his family moved to Mexico, and at 20 years old, he was appointed principal of the Jewish school in Monterrey. Met his wife, Adina, in Mexico. 
Though they built their life far from Israel, Marcos and Adina Katz's ethical conscience was always directed toward the Holy Land. They worked to strengthen ties with the Jewish state and to establish its Jewish and Zionist identity. He immediately stood out as a successful industrialist, legal scholar, and leader in the Jewish community, but above all, he was a teacher and educator that understood the importance of the connection between diaspora and Israel. Upon the death of his mother, Golda, they decided to make their way of life into their life's work. In 1975, they established a Katz Award named after Golda Katz. In 1985, the Katzes founded the Amuni Yeshiva in Mexico, providing children and teenagers in the community with a modern religious and Zionist organiz- uh, education, rather, from 1st through 12th grade. Katz formed and nurtured two f- true friendships with important figures in Israeli politics and society, continuing to work to strengthen ties between Israel and the diaspora. Uh, dedicated to many causes, donating to dozens of Israeli causes in the fields of education, health, and industry. This is the uh, report on the uh, passing of Marcos Katz by Arut Sheva out of Israel. Uh, those of us who are um, in any way affiliated with Yeshiva University know that the Katz family was so instrumental, and I'm sure continues to be, in support for uh, Yeshiva University in many of its programs, including YU Torah, which is the most, one of the most su- successful uh, Torah websites online, and that was dedicated by the Katz family. JM and the AM on a Wednesday, three weeks format, and this July 27th to 21st of Tammuz. Next week, we're live from Bike for Chai. I thank those of you who continue to uh, to react to our broadcast from Israel, which we did the last week through this past Monday, and which were a real inspiration in so many ways to so many out there. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, meanwhile, we continue here at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, it's jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. Oh 
Do 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 do
J.M. and the A.M. with the uh, Vayavarech done by Cole Zimron Company off of Shabbos Acapella. Maccabees before that with Aleinu from Voices from the Heights here at J.M. and the A.M. 26 minutes after 7 o'clock yesterday here in our studio. Mrs. Ruth Lichtenstein was here. We had special guests with us live via telephone. As we spoke about the world premiere of a riveting original documentary, it's going to be happening on Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday night, August 2nd at Gustavino's, which is at 409 East 59th Street in New York City. The documentary is called Daring to Rescue. Feel their fear, see their courage, recognize their challenge. Untold stories of Jewish heroism during the Holocaust. Happening this coming Tuesday night, there will be a presentation for the first time of the Legacy Awards ceremony with Holocaust heroes being recognized by those who who they rescued. Guest speaker for the event are Yisrael Mayor Lau, the Chief Rabbi of Tel Aviv. And the Distinguished Host Committee and the Director of Project Witness, Ruth Lichtenstein, invite you to participate and be part of this um, world premiere. Again, it happens Tuesday night in New York City. Phone number 718-WITNESS, 718-948-6377, 718-948-6377. You can go to the website projectwitness.org or projectwitnesspremier.org, projectwitnesspremier.org for information about the event. Uh a morning of learning on the theme of Yerushalayim in preparation for Tisha B'Av is going to be held on August 7th at the Mizrahi on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Uh, that's located at 249 East Broadway on the Lower East Side. It's happening the morning of August 7th, which is the Sunday before Tisha B'Av, with guest speakers Rabbi Aviad Bodner and our very own Mayor Weingarten. Shachris will begin at 8.30, followed by a light breakfast and the Different speakers, everyone's invited. Information, you can uh, contact Mizrahi.les at gmail.com. Mizrahi.les at gmail.com for information on that. 76 degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 91.1. Tonight, mostly clear, low 75. And tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 88. Friday is a uh, return of the weekly update for us here at JM in the AM. 7.40 Friday morning, we'll have a chance to explore the news of the last couple of weeks when Malcolm Holmline joins us. We remind you, you can can listen in from around the world at jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. And we even uh, take a look at the app while the show is going on. So those of you who are um, 
who are inclined to uh, toss in a question or two that you think we should be including in the weekly update, uh, you can uh, post those on the app, and we will um, we will see those see those as the uh, interview is uh, happening here at JM in the AM. Uh, trying to go to Rabbi Goldwasser here, just waiting for a moment for things to upload properly, and then we'll have our presentation here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echonishmas Harav Zev ben Rabbi and Esther Bas Rabbi Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. This specific period of the three weeks seems to imply that throughout the rest of the year, we don't really need to contemplate the Golos and the Chorban, the destruction of the Beis Amigdosh. However, we know that every day we pray in our Tfilos, we say, May our eyes behold your return to Zion. In Birchas Amazon, in the grace after meals, we say, May Hashem have compassion on Zion. On Yom Tov we recall, Because of our sins, we've been exiled from the land. So we do have references throughout the days of the year, to the Chorban Beis Amikdash. Why do we need this special time to remember the Chorban? The Dubna Magid tells of a wealthy merchant who had a son who rebelled against him. The father was compelled to send him away. The son was a big Balgaiva. He was very arrogant and was sure that he was going to be able to manage on his own. He went out into the big world and tried all different types of work. Although the father was very angry at his son, he still loved him and he would often inquire after his son. He heard that his son was wandering in the city, living from hand to mouth, and he hadn't met with any success. But the father hoped that his son had learned his lesson, and had been humbled by the experience, and would finally come back home. The father waited to welcome him with open arms. One day, a wealthy merchant who came from the city arrived to discuss business with his father. They discussed their business, and eventually the subject of the son came up. When do you intend to bring your son back home? The father was asked. The father answered, When he's going to ask me forgiveness, I will certainly welcome him back home. The merchant said to him, Let me be the agent for your son. I will apologize and express his remorse and beg you to take him back. The father said, No way. You can't be a messenger, not on behalf of my son and not for me. The merchant said, Why not? You would accept the word of a messenger for other things. True, said the father, but I want to see that my son is truly remorseful for what he did. If he'll come to me and tell me that he wants to begin anew and he regrets the past, I will listen. But right now, you don't represent him. You come to me on a business matter, and you just happen to ask me about my son. Similarly, says the Dubna Magid, Every day in our Tfilas, we ask for good health and for livelihood. Incidentally, we also recall the Golos and the Chorban. We remember to tack it onto our Tfilas at the beginning or at the end. However, that's not enough. Such a Tfilah is not what's required. Therefore, our sages establish the three weeks so that we can specifically focus on the Chorban and its effects. We concentrate fully on the meaning of our Tfilas for the Geula, for the redemption. Then our Father in Heaven will welcome and accept our Tfilas 
and return the Shechina to Tzion. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. at 7.33 on a Wednesday morning, tw- 27 minutes before 8 o'clock, as we broadcast uh, on this three weeks format Wednesday. Well, Jacob Kornblue, who's been with us before, is a political reporter for Jewish Insider, and he is down in Philadelphia after spending last week in Cleveland. That's right, he's with the Democrats this week, last week with the Republicans. Joins us live via telephone. Jacob Kornblue, welcome back to J.M. in the A.M. Good morning, Malcolm Siegel. Yeah, sounds like you're having a good time down there. Oh, being away from home is always good, right? <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> but uh, you're certainly in a very uh, exciting environment, let's put it that way. Um, first of all, I mean, the story that continues to uh, make its way through... Um, uh, through the Jewish community is these uh, protesters who are burning Israeli flags outside the arena down in Philadelphia. You know anything about this? It, it was reported while uh, Bill Clinton was set to, to take the stage last night, so most of the reporters were inside uh, the arena while it happened, but um, there's video of it, so nobody can deny it, and uh, Jewish Democrats already rushed to condemn it, uh, uh, it, it is disturbing that it happens in front of a major party convention. And, uh, I mean, uh, to, to display a Palestinian flag and hold up a banner about Palestinian Lives Matter or Free Palestine is one thing, but to uh, burn an Israeli flag, such a symbol, in front of a major party convention is something else, and I think that uh, you'll hear today uh, some more condemnation about that. Yeah, a lot of people scrambling, I'm sure, to do that later on today. Jacob Kornblue down in Philadelphia. Let's start with last week. Um, you know, everyone expected there to be a, uh, a a big challenge to Donald Trump. Everyone, not, I shouldn't say everyone, but many people predicted that there would be uh, some type of brokered convention, or at least a feeling of one, if not officially one, at least the feeling of one. What was there the divisiveness in the Republican Party last week? Did you feel it uh, the way that many re- th- thought there would be going in? I don't think that the rift is within the Republican Party, uh, rather between Donald Trump and some of the elite, uh, the establishment uh, that could not swallow the candidacy of Donald Trump. And also you had the farm policy hawks who... Uh, with the message of America first and uh, uh, breaking ties with NATO, such an important ally. I mean, all these comments make them uh, shriver. I mean, uh, it, 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 if, if, if people look on policy and substance and, and uh, you know, engaging in the world and so forth, they don't want Donald Trump to be the next president. Uh, I think it, you know... You saw Ted Cruz refusing to endorse uh, um, Donald Trump, and he got booed off the stage. Right. Uh, you look at the polls, Donald Trump is leading Hillary Clinton by three or four points. So you're going to see a lot of coming around uh, of Republican voters and independent voters uh, because they see Donald Trump as a competitive uh, contender to Hillary Clinton, and they also don't like Hillary Clinton, and there's only two choices. It's either you vote for Trump 
would you elect Hillary Clinton? Right. Jacob Kornblu with us from Philadelphia. The uh, the Jewish presence at the Republican convention and the Jewish presence at the Democratic convention uh, address both for us. Uh, what type of what type of crowd and feel did you get last week, and what are you getting down in Philadelphia? Obviously, at the Republican convention, there was more of a presence of Orthodox Jews who identify much more with the Republican Party than with the Democratic Party in a whole. Uh, here, you're not seeing so many Orthodox Jews, but you're also seeing a lot of Jews because... 70% or at least 60% of the Democratic, of the Jewish uh, vote, votes Democratic regardless who is at top of the ticket. Right. So obviously in terms of uh, the Jewish community, there's a, a greater presence at the Democratic Party. But I think at, at, at the Republican Party was more intimate, it was more a warmth. Uh, you had, uh, you know, you have Christian uh, leaders who express themselves as pro-Israel and pro-Jews. You know, you walk down the, the corridors and everybody stops you and says, Shalom, or I love Israel. That's what you see at the Republican Party. Last night, nobody stopped me uh, and said, Shalom, uh, or I love Israel. Uh, the contrary, they burned the Israeli flag outside the convention. So it, 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 the, the warmth towards Jews is different, uh, uh, at least in the expression uh, between the Democratic Party, which is an exclusive party. You have minorities, not only Jews. Uh, the Democratic Party is a coalition of minorities, and the Republican Party is more of a family-oriented uh, party that uh, Jews at least Orthodox Jews find um, the, that party um, a warm home for them. Uh, are you able to get uh, minyanim and kosher food at both conventions? At the RNC, at the Republican Party, you had kosher food outside of the uh, convention zone, uh, and there was minyanim minchamarov every night uh, inside the um, arena. Last night, there was no minion in the arena, but we had kosher, black kosher hot dogs, uh, a stand, uh, <laughs> which is all year round at the Wells Fargo Center. So you had both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a minion last week and a kosher hot dog this week. There you go. Jacob Kornblow is with us. As a, as a, um, a member of a Hasidic sect, uh, were you asked, or were? Or, uh, let me put it this way: When people see you, do they do they welcome being questioned by you? Because I'm assuming you're going around speaking to different delegates and trying to get a feel from different people around the country what their feelings are. You know, at both conventions, uh, do they purposely want to speak to you, or do many people avoid you when they see you? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I don't think I was ever snubbed by anybody. Um, I don't have that angry face with horns <laughs> going at anyone. So, but I do think that in the Republican Party, uh, I was approached rather than running after delegates. So delegates came over to me to speak and to express themselves. Whereas at the Democratic Party, 
it's a little harder for me because uh, after all my presence is still as you say uh um you know as a hasidic jew and it's it's it's, it's something different you don't see it every day uh, uh a professional reporter uh, you know with a with a velvet yarmulke and a long uh, suit but um i don't think that it affects my work and i don't think i stand out so much um i mean some could argue otherwise, but I don't see that yeah, not as in much, my day-to-day work. Not as much as we might think. Uh, political reporter for Jewish Insider, Jacob Kornblue, is with us from down in Philadelphia. Were you with the New York delegation last night? The people who probably know you best. I was uh, on the floor at some point last night, uh, uh, standing where the New York delegation was seated. Uh, so I saw a lot of... Uh, elected officials that um, I'm close with and um, know from covering them, but I wasn't dancing or huddling with them. No, that I understand, but were you know people that you're very familiar with from City Hall in New York City, were they down there and part of the New York uh, State delegation? Yes, obviously. And what about at the Republican Convention? At the Republican Convention as well. There were a lot of, uh, obviously in New York City, the less uh, Republican elected officials and Democrats, but um, yeah, I mean the new delegation also uh, in the it, I mean the delegations, the delegates at the Democratic Party is almost double than at the Republican Party. So where, whereas you have uh, at the Republican Party you have 95 delegates uh, in the Democratic Party you have almost 300. Right. So it is different, and you have a New York City mayor, you have a, a council speaker, you have a, a city controller, a public advocate, uh, a governor, a um, state controller. So all those uh, people are a little more uh, important than just regular delegates from the Republican Party. Understood. Jacob, um, is it safe to say that that what everybody, th- again, everybody, what some people thought would be, uh, you know, very exciting conventions we, with Trump versus everybody and Hillary versus Sanders, uh, is it safe to say that both conventions have somewhat been anticlimactic? Uh, the Democratic Party convention had the rocky start with all these Bernie Sanders, uh, uh, um, you know, chanting and giving out the energy. Uh, it stopped. Uh, towards the end of the evening when uh, Sanders gave his full-throated endorsement to Hillary, and last night he actually stopped the nomination process to nominate Hillary Clinton. So I think that the Democratic Party is pretty much united. Uh, at, at the Republicans, um, there was excitement, but uh, those were from Trump supporters. Most of the delegates don't forget that Trump, won a majority of the delegates back in April. So all of his, uh, all of his uh, competitors were pretty much out by beginning of May, and the Democratic Party, the last primary was June 14. Mm-hmm. So in the Republican Party, uh, all you saw on the convention floor were Trump supporters. So obviously it was exciting, but he didn't have any protests, he didn't have any shout-downs, sit-downs, or walkouts, because most of them were supporters of Donald Trump. Yeah, people were anticipating, you know, Chicago of 1968 and that type of convention, or at least that type of atmosphere, but I don't think that materialized at all. 
Not at all. Um, reaction to Debbie Wasserman Schultz and that whole uh, situation? Um, I don't think it, uh, it was more headlines for the Sunday morning uh, talk shows. Um, nobody's talking about it, and it happens to be that uh, the Jewish Democrats, the National uh, Jewish Democratic Council, is going to honor uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, at a special event on Thursday. So I think there's a lot of love for her in the Jewish community. After all, she was um, uh, referred to as the Jewish mother mm. of democratic politics, and she was very vocal about the Jewishness and very vocal about her support for Israel. Uh, she was, uh, historically, she was uh, a woman uh, representing a major party, and being chair of such a major organization is an achievement for or anyone, uh, especially a Jewish woman from Florida. Uh, I, 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 this, this whole uh, controversy, I mean, it, it's good for, you know, for morning shows, it's good for headlines, for tabloids, but I don't think that uh, uh, Jewish voters were, uh, you know, persuaded to dump the Democratic Party because of these emails. <laughs> Uh, where can people read your material? Is it the Daily and the Jewish Insider? It's uh, JewishInsider.com uh, on a daily basis. Uh, we're also featured on JewishJournal.com and on Haaret. But if you really want to read my stuff, uh, you can sign up for our morning email, the daily kickoff, at JewishInsider.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at Jacob Combo. That's easy. Thank you, Jacob. Enjoy Philadelphia. Jacob Kornbluh is a political reporter for Jewish Insider. He is enjoying the second week of conventioneering down in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania with the Democrats. 13 minutes before 8 o'clock on this Wednesday. Plenty more coming up if you keep it here at JM in the AM.
Oh, yeah. 
She require an Animamin, a.k.a. Pella, before that with Anovin. <laughs> you heard the um, Bitachon selection of Animamin to open up those three here at JMA. I want to thank those who are commenting on the app. Uh, you can go to the NSN app and comment on the home screen about anything going on during this show. I want to thank listener Ari, thank listener Yitz, Dafyomiyid, listener Yehudis, everybody who's pitching in comments this morning. It's much appreciated. Uh, don't forget to like the Facebook update page, Nachum Siegel Network, that gives you the opportunity to see the photos from Israel. Check out some of the interviews that we did as well. You could do that by uh, liking the page on uh, Facebook. A reminder that the Project Witness event that we spoke about yesterday, uh, is the world premiere of the documentary Daring to Rescue, Untold Stories of Jewish Heroism During the Holocaust, is going to be featured and presented on Tuesday night, August the 2nd at Gostavino's on East 59th Street in New York City. They'll present the first-time Legacy Award Ceremony. They'll be guest speaker of Israel Mayor Lau. And much, much more. It's projectwitnesspremier.org, projectwitnesspremier.org for information. You can go to the website and get the info about Tuesday night's event in New York City. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial broadcasting live in the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app.
Did I die? Did I die? 
studs on this three weeks format uh, Wednesday with Lou He here at JM in the AM. Well, we've had an opportunity, as many of you know, to explore the uh, incredible work of the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs in Israel as they continue to uh, expand their efforts to so many different areas of Jewish life around the world. It's something that we spoke about uh, over the last couple of weeks and have been emphasizing here at JM in the AM. And uh, the the focus of today's conversation is the uh, JWRP, the Jewish Women's Renaissance Project. Its founding director is Lori Palatnik. The flagship program with the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs is called Momentum, an eight-day journey through Israel. More than a tour of Israel, and Lori is going to explain what that's all about. Plus, we'll have a chance to speak with Sima Levine, who's with us via telephone, who is a past participant in this program. Lori Palatnik, founding director of Jewish Women's Renaissance Project. Welcome to JM in the AM. That's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. A pleasure to have you here. How did this all happen, that the, that the program that is well known at this point in many circles, Jewish Women's Renaissance Project, uh, connected with the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs? Well, in 2014, I got a message that the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs would like to meet with us. And they heard about us and wanted to talk. 
at the time, I believe that Bennett, uh, Naftali Bennett had just taken over the ministry, and he told his team, his professional team, go out and find out who's doing good work in the diaspora. And somebody told them about us. And uh, they asked to meet. I came, and I gave a passionate presentation about what we're doing, what we're all about, and what we've accomplished, and what the potential is. And they heard it, and they created a partnership with us. They heard the idea that if you inspire a Jewish woman, you inspire a family. And if you inspire enough families, you can inspire a community. And if you inspire enough communities, you can change the world. <laughs> so the woman, the Jewish woman, is the most important person in the family who really makes such major decisions for the family, and she was the most underserved. So we created a partnership, and then they, it was a, they said, double your numbers, get into Eastern Europe. And then they assessed it. Uh, year, you know, we had a year program, and they were very pleased with the results. And in just a couple of months ago, we signed a contract, and they want, they're going to be helping to sponsor 7,000 women over the next two years. How do you, whoa, I don't know what that is. Uh, how do you find the women? How do, they, uh, how do you go ahead and recruit for the Jewish Women's Renaissance Project? Well, uh, we do everything in partnership. We have uh, over 150 partner organizations in 26 countries. They range from everything from a federation to an outreach kollel to a JCC to synagogues to schools. We tell them, if you're doing anything for the Jewish community, partner with us, and we'll help you go from good to great or from great to awesome, all under the banner of the Jewish women. And it's very easy after the first year to recruit. Why? Because women talk. And by the time these women get back from the trip, they've already been posting on Facebook, telling their sisters and sister-in-laws, and our, we sell out overnight. We have, the first year we brought 300 women, that was in 2009, then we brought 600, then 900, then 1,000, then the Israeli government came on board, and we're, we're, this year we're going to be bringing 3,500 women, from, again, from all over the world. And it's a free trip, not including airfare. So uh, the price, we, we tell the women, is not set for you, it's set for your husband. So that your husband will say, for that price, how could you not go? I'll watch the kids. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, of the 3,500, what percentage do you think have never or will have never up until that point have visited Israel? So over half the women have never visited, and some of them are literally crying in my arms. Like, thank you, thank you. Without this, I never would have come. And of the other half, uh, their, last, their last memory of coming to Israel was probably when they were 16, and their memory was, the soldiers are so cute. And I tell them, the soldiers are so cute, but now they're your son's age. And don't forget that. <laughs> uh, the uh, partnership between the Jewish Women's Renaissance Project and Momentum is a flagship program with the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs. Has the trip changed at all? Is it still the length that it's always been? Has it, is it still the content that it's always been? You know, it is always evolving. Uh, first of all, we get feedback from if they fill out forms at the end, like evaluation forms, and we read every every piece of feedback that we get, and we develop, and, and it evolves based on that. It started off years ago as a 10-day trip, and it, it wasn't a free trip, including airfare. There was like a base price, and it included airfare, and it really has evolved both on the financial and the educational model. We now have, I think we've kind of perfected it, where starting in the fall, it's going to be a nine-day trip, and um, it, is, it has three main aspects to it. One is to fall in love with Israel. We have three goals. Fall in love with Israel, connect to Israel, understand what's going on here, what the history is, what, 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 what role 
uh, Israel plays in the world, and go back and be advocates. Go back. We empower them and educate them so that they can be ambassadors for Israel going back. And they literally go back and send their kids to Israel and send their husbands to Israel and do their family bar mitzvahs. We've had 12 families make Aliyah. We don't even push Aliyah, but they fall in love with Israel. That's number one. Number two, connect to your Jewish values. That we, we, pre- we present to them wisdom about their marriage and Jewish wisdom to help them in their marriages, to help them in parenting, to help them realize their potential. Many women tell me before the trip, they look at the itinerary and they go, oh, I have to sit on these lectures, like to get this free trip. Okay, whatever. And then at the end, they always tell me the talks were the best part. It literally, they come up to me, they go, this, it changed my life. The third aspect is go home and take responsibility. The, 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 that's a Jewish value. Go home, you have talents and skills, and go home and make a difference. And some of these women, we've had over 12 organizations, new organizations and initiatives that have started from our women who go back because they're on fire. And if something is not happening in their community, they help make something happen. Unbelievable. Uh, are the men jealous to the point that they want their own trip? From the first year, the women kept saying, my husband has to hear this, my husband has to see this. And so I went back to my board of directors, and I said, they're asking for a trip with their husbands. And they said, Lori, focus. We are a women's organization. And then we started hearing from the organizations who we partner with, and they're saying, we're having trouble engaging the husbands. And then I started hearing from the husbands. I had this one guy from Atlanta who wrote to me. He said, Dear Lori, on behalf of all the JWRP husbands in Atlanta who don't have the guts to write to you, I'm telling you, we're behind our wives. We don't understand. Please do something for us. <laughs> so I went back to my board, and I wrote a proposal, and they said, fine, if you can raise this amount of money over the budget, then we'll let you try. So the first year was like two and a half years ago. We brought 85 men, husbands, whose wives had already come on the trip, and it was blow-away successful. So now we're bringing hundreds of husbands also, and they, first of all, they're all warmed up because their wives are literally pushing them out the door. Go to Israel and learn about Judaism. And then when the husband and the wife are back on the, and they're on the same page, it is such a power. Our data shows, and we have outside verification from the Soul Institute who does data, uh, who, who do surveys before and after the trip for us and, and long-term surveys. And it shows that it's really a game changer for a family. Unbelievable. Flagship program with the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs. It's called Momentum with the Jewish Women's Renaissance Project, an eight-day journey through Israel, an opportunity to deeply explore ourselves and our roots. Thousands of women from 21 different countries have already experienced this life-changing trip. One of them is Sima Levine, who's with us live via telephone. Sima, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. Good Thank morning. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. Nice to speak with you. When did you first go on your first trip with JWRP? Um, actually, this past month. Wow. I, um, to Lori's point, I had uh, three friends who did it, one living in Orlando, one living in Toronto, and one from New Jersey, and each of them had said, you have to do it, you have to do it. And I'd been to Israel about six times. Um the last time actually was on a business trip, and I have family there, and I thought, what can I get out of this trip that I haven't had before? And it was, to, and again, to Lori's point, probably the highlight of the trip were the, um, the lectures that we had every day. It was seeing Israel in a completely different way. It was learning about Israel and values in a completely different way, and it was a connection with 15 strangers from my city that took women who didn't know one another to, you know, sisters. 
Unbelievable. Um, so you just and uh, again to, Lor- to Lori's point, my husband actually just registered. Um, he's he's uh, being interviewed to go on the men's trip in October. <laughs> and you were just there last month, so I guess already we can consider you an ambassador for future trips if your husband's uh, ready to sign up. Oh, absolutely! It's um, it really is a life changer. Um, you know, we walk around with bracelets that say "Don't blame, don't complain." That I was actually telling a client about um, at lunch the other day, and she said, "Do you have an extra? <laughs> I would love that." And it's the values that you know we think about. Words matter. How powerful is that? Um, words matter. And I have an eight-year-old at home, and. These are things that she's now, these are part of our values to begin with, but it just reinforces everything and makes you want to explore and examine um, your Jewish identity in a much more profound way. Is, uh, I, mean, I assume those are some of the ways that it's already impacted your family. Anything else you could tell us about how it's impacted the people around you? Um. You know the people around me. I can I can speak for you know the the fifteen women I think from the New York trip who have come back, commit, both connected and created a sense of community with one another, um, created sort of a special bond with their families. Because I know that two other women or three other women have actually their husbands are also applying for the trip, and we're still connected. I mean we all we're on a chat board and we. We communicate with each other every single day, Um, and it's, you know, I think the difference is, is, you know, and I have nieces and nephews who've done Birthright, and that's a great 10-day introductory program for Israel for that certain age group, but this age group wants more depth and more meaning, and more meaning for their, their daily lives and their spiritual lives and their family lives, and it's... Again, if you start with one woman, you get five women, you get five women, you get more women, and you now are being more impactful with our families and our communities and thinking about what more can we do and how can we better connect with one another. What was your favorite part of the trip that wasn't a lecture? Um, gosh, it was so many. I actually have to say... Crazily, it was the trip to the mikvah in Sud. Huh. Um, that was just—it was so interesting. And the woman who who ran the mikvah, who did a lecture there, was just—you know—I had a little knowledge of what the mikvah was beforehand, but that was just—it was really so powerful. You have this group of women who are sitting there and and crying and having the sense of relief come to them about, you know, it's okay to let it all go. Hmm, um, you know, I think the other highlight of the trip was visiting the IDF soldiers. Right. Because we see in the media, uh, and a lot of times they're demonized, and they're kids. They're the same ages as, as my nephews and my niece. Mm-hmm. These are the kids who are putting their lives at stake to protect the state of Israel. Boy, Laura, you must be smiling ear to ear hearing Simma's account of the trip. 
You know, it's really a pleasure. Uh, every woman is a whole world. I'm, I'm actually sitting in Tel Aviv right now as we speak, and I have 200 women with me, wow. and they're from Hungary and from the, across the United States and also from Israel. We bring Israelis onto the, to the buses as well. And each, I can't tell you, everybody's got a story. They're, they're coming up to, to me thanking me that this has been a, a life changer, a game changer, and um, it's a very profound experience. And the Israelis, you can imagine, how could, how could, what, what would Israelis get out of it? They're, leave, they're, they're living in this country, and they're getting on these buses. And by the end, they're also so moved. And they said, you, you, showed, me, is, you showed me my own country through the lens of the soul, through the neshama. And I look at my country in a very different way. I look at... I look at American Jews in a different way. I look at my Judaism in a different way. Israelis get on the bus and they're like, what is this Judaism, Lori? I, I'm Israeli. I'm Israeli. By the end, it's, it's so profound for them. Um, I think we're on to something really big. That's I think for this, sure. I think we've we got a movement here. That is for sure. Lori, best way for people to get information about the program, about the trips? Just go onto the website, jwrp.org. Uh, you can remember it. It's, it is a Jewish women's renaissance project, but remember, Jewish women are pretty, JWRP. <laughs> and just go on, and you'll see a lot of information, a way to apply for upcoming trips. We're sold out, I believe, for 2016, but we have 2017 dates we're about to go on. And, uh, and you'll see some videos. And, and again, it's, it's not just a trip. The women sign up. It's a one-year commitment of what happens before the trip, the trip itself, and then the extensive journey of education and connection back in their home community, which really takes this 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 sisterhood and puts it into action. The Jewish Women's Renaissance Project, now it's uh, known as a flagship program with the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs, Kalakavod to them. It's called Momentum, an eight-day journey through Israel. Thousands of women, as this reads, and hundreds of men have already experienced the spirit-building power of Momentum. And it's the goal to make the opportunity available to thousands more. They're honored to have the Israeli Ministry of Diaspora Affairs as a new partner with the JWRP, allowing them to expand their reach to even more organizations in more countries. And with their help, this project, as Lori explained, is quickly turning into a movement. Lori Palatnik, Simulavine, Tadaraba, enjoy Israel. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for having us. And Kolakavod again to the... Uh, Ministry of Diaspora Affairs of the State of Israel. 24 minutes after 8 o'clock. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. Yeah. 
J.M. in the A.M., 29 minutes after 8 o'clock on this Wednesday, with 76 degrees, partly cloudy, a high of 91.1. There's an organization that that we became familiar with uh, about a year ago and that we've spoken about on these airwaves. It's called Giggle. 
Giggle, which is G-I-G-G-L, uh, stands for Giving Inspiration, Giving the Gift of Life. Uh, they are an organization that brings joy to children with life-threatening illnesses. It's a not-for-profit organization. They plan events and parties to entertain and lift the spirits of patients and their families. And there are a lot of people in this audience that when they hear uh, just how small a donation is required to sponsor one of these parties, uh, I have a feeling there are people out there who are going to want to do this. The organization was established in memory of Rabbi Gedalia Roseman, Rabbi Yisrael Landsman, and Nechama Landsman of blessed memory. And uh, with us live via telephone is the man who runs Giggle, that's Menachem Tzvi Roseman. Menachem Tzvi, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Rabbi Nachem. How are you doing today? Baruch Hashem, been a while since we've spoken. Um, am I right that uh, people would be amazed just how far a contribution can go in helping to fund these parties and events that you do for these terminally ill children? Yes, Baruch Hashem, every single dollar we get, we try to stretch it and use it as best as we can. And due to the fact that we're all volunteers, we, um, every dollar goes directly to the cause. Nobody makes money on it. Every dollar goes directly to the parties or to helping run the organization. Um, it says that Giggle, G-I-G-G-L, is an organization assisting children who suffer from cancer and other life-threatening diseases. You arrange parties, events, hospital visits, and more. What are those events like? Just how much does it help the patient and the family when you're able to do something joyous for the child? Well, like I said, firstly, we include the family as well, because the family, as we all know, the family goes through a lot of, you know, a lot of aggravation, a lot of stress, and I know what's going to be the next thing. Um, so we include the family as well. Uh, our goal is to make sure that everybody is like a family, you know, no matter what happens tomorrow, today, they have memories, they have pictures, um, and even for a few hours, everybody forgets what's going on. They just have a great time. We have unbelievable entertainment. Um, music, food, entertainment, volunteers, and just that whole night is just rocking away. Everybody has an unbelievable time. I've heard from one patient's mother said that the party I made for her son was was nicer and more amazing than her daughter's wedding. <laughs> unbelievable. You actually have a, a celebration planned for a patient and their family this coming weekend, right? Yes, yeah, so next week on Monday night we have a party in the Five Towns. For a boy, a 50-year-old boy who has a heart, uh, a, um, a brain tumor. And hopefully we're going to make him an unbelievable party. Um, right after the party, he's going directly to Sloan Kettering to uh, go for his chemo. And hopefully this will bring the spirits up and hopefully be able to get over this disease of Mitzvah Shem and feel 100% better. Um, in addition, what we try to do is we try to, you know, encourage to bring other patients as well so they can enjoy this, you know, together with the patient himself. Understood. And... Uh... So the last night of his, uh, I guess they'd call an off week, right? Because chemo operates in different types, ty- different types of weeks. So the last night of his off week will be this celebration, and the next morning he goes. And that's his birthday. Right, and it happens to be his birthday, and the next morning he goes to Sloan Kettering for treatment. Uh, I assume the best way to donate is giggle.org slash donate. Would that be the best way? Yeah, giggle.org. You just click on donate. You could uh, give credit card, check, PayPal, anything that you, you know, any way you could do it. And if someone has services they want to donate, that's good as well. All right. If you want to participate in the Monday birthday party for a 16-year-old patient turning 16 this Monday uh, who is um, uh, now a, uh, dealing with a brain tumor and chemotherapy, etc., uh, you can go to giggle.org, G-I-G-G-L, 
org slash donate. That's G-I-G-G-L dot org slash donate. In fact, on the website, you'll see a whole bunch of stories, testimonials, and nice pictures of some of the work that they're doing. And uh, for this coming, uh, for the party this coming week, you could write the uh, word Avi in the comment box, and it'll be used for that celebration. Otherwise, anybody who wants to donate in general and participate in this amazing effort uh, to uh, cheer up patients and their families, it's giggle.org, G-I-G-G-L, Dot org. Menachem Tzvi, anything you'd like to add? No, listen, you should never need these kind of organizations anymore. You know, everybody should be healthy and gesund. And, you know, hopefully it's close to helping out other people. We shouldn't know if any, any terrorists of anything bad in the midst of Shem. Bring Mashiach very soon. Amen. Kolakavot to you. Good luck on Monday. Uh, thank you so much, Menachem. Have a wonderful, amazing, meaningful day. <laughs> you as well. A giggle, G-I-G-G-L dot org, giving inspiration, giving the gift of life, bringing joy to children with life-threatening illnesses and helping their families as much as possible. Check out the website, a lot of nice photos and uh, information about their events, etc., etc. More coming up. You're listening to a Wednesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. <laughs>
studs with Bill Vovey and um, <laughs> and uh, Ahavat Israel here at JM there. 18 minutes before the hour, three weeks format Wednesday with 76 degrees, partly cloudy, a high of 91.1. Reminder that the uh, documentary Daring to Rescue, the original riveting documentary being presented by Project Witness, Untold Stories of Jewish Heroism During the Holocaust. Happens the premiere happens this coming Tuesday night at Gustavino's on East 59th Street in New York City. They'll present the first Legacy Award. They'll uh, feature guest speaker of Israel Mayor Lau. And uh, you are invited to participate. Go to projectwitnesspremier.org, projectwitnesspremier.org for information on the event. A reminder, on the 7th of August, which is the Sunday before Tisha B'av, there'll be a morning of learning 
on the theme of Yerushalayim in preparation for Tisha B'Av. Again, that's August 7th at the Mizrahi, 249 East Broadway on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Guest speakers will be Rabbi Aviad Bodner and our very own Mayor Weingarten. Shachris at 8.30, followed by a light breakfast and sessions. Everybody's invited. Information, Mizrahi.les at gmail.com, Mizrahi.les at gmail.com for information on that. 17 minutes before 9 o'clock, full day on our stream at jmnam.org. I want to thank our friends at Traveler's Choice for presenting the uh, Wednesday three weeks format music mix on our stream. Thank you to uh, Yassi and Devorah and everybody at Traveler's Choice for that. Much appreciated. And uh, tomorrow we are back. Michael Fragan is scheduled to join us tomorrow morning. Today we had the uh, commentary of uh, Jacob Kornblue, reporter for Jewish Insider, who was uh, at the convention last week and is in Philly for the convention this week. So we got his perspective. Tomorrow, Michael Fragan, who will no doubt analyze the upcoming election. Now that it's official, it's uh, Trump versus Hillary. Uh, we'll have an opportunity to have him analyze things for us starting tomorrow. So uh, ch- uh, stay tuned, um, or tune in rather, tomorrow morning about 8 o'clock. We'll have Michael Fragan on with us, and we'll, um, we'll feature... Uh, his commentary. On Friday, the return of the weekly update. Uh, last week we were celebrating Yom NCSY, so we didn't have a chance to speak to Malcolm Honline, but uh, this coming Friday, after all the conventions and after a couple of weeks of news, we will check in with Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents. That'll be 7.40 Eastern Time this coming Friday morning. Make sure to be tuned in anywhere around the world at jmnam.org and on the NSN app, and we'll have that conversation at 7.40 Eastern Time this coming Friday here at JM in the AM. Here is AKA Pella. I 
from the uh, Songs of Jerusalem CD, Sookie and Ding from years ago. An amazing collection for the three weeks. Uh, before that, a.k.a. Pella with a great Adon Olam. Seven minutes before nine o'clock. Amazing programming on our stream all day long at jmdm.org and, of course, on the NSN app. Make sure to be tuned in. Big thank you again to our friends at Traveler's Choice for presenting our Wednesday Music Mix, three weeks format. Coming up later today on our stream at jmname.org and on the NSN app. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Michael Fragan will check in. We'll check in with him as uh, this convention starts to wind down. We'll get his feelings regarding the Jewish vote and the upcoming election and a whole bunch of other things. And the Friday, keep in mind, is going to be the uh, return of the weekly update. Weekly update will return. Malcolm Holmline will join us post-conventions and uh, post a couple of weeks of news. So 740 Eastern Time this coming Friday on the stream at jmnam.org, and, of course, on the NSN app. You can catch the uh, conversation at that point. Uh, more coming up. Here's Yehuda at JM in the AM.
Shiva Boys with Al Naharos wrapping up a uh, Wednesday for us here at JMNAM. First of the three weeks. We'll have two weeks of a what we call a three weeks format and get into our nine days format here at JMNAM. Continues till Tishabov, which is observed on the 14th of August this year. The next morning we'll revert, we'll revert back to a regular format here at JMNAM. My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonian Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, and of course on the NSN app. And that wraps up a Wednesday, three weeks format edition of JM in the AM. Michael Fragan joins us tomorrow. We'll get his political commentary regarding the Jewish vote and the two candidates left standing now in the national election after last night's official nomination of Hillary Clinton. And plenty more coming up tomorrow here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.